0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. There's one thing that's just been over and over in my heart, you know, since we've started the year, and 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 really, it, I, I come in here and I pray a lot of mornings, like super early, like five or six in the morning. I just come into the sanctuary, and I walk around and pray. And it's a pretty big place, so if you're trying to count your steps, you get your step count pretty good, too, so just fyi but this one thing keeps coming to me that you know people ask why why do we do what we do what 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 what's the purpose for all this? listen the reason that we show up every week three times a week and now, and i don't get tired of it because everything that we do is to bring jesus glory and barstow to make jesus famous amen and second of all to bring healing to some broken people And I don't ever get tired of seeing broken people healed and restored and God bringing joy to their lives. That never, ever gets old to me. I can do that every single day and I love it. And so today is a day for the brokenhearted, for those who mourn to be comforted and for Jesus to come and speak into their lives. Amen. Uh, now as we're going to get into the message here, um, I want, I did want to show you a couple of devotion books that we do recommend out of the bookstore. Uh, this is probably my favorite devotion of all time i just want you to know this is available it's called from faith to faith a daily guide to victory by kenneth copeland and this is a daily just one little page a day to help you get started and and develop a consistency in your faith life and that i read that every day every day i read that and also this book called faith food devotions from kenneth hagan who you hear us reference all the time this is a one page a day little book for the whole year that'll just help you uh sometimes people don't know where do i start how do i start reading my bible i don't even know where to go well a devotion like that full of faith will help you get started and you'll know where to go all right so you're not confused anymore amen well, the title of today's message is this, The Blessing of the Upright, Part 3. And if you need a, an outline for the sermon, the ushers have some. Uh There we go. Jesse, uh, I think there's a couple hidden in his afro right up there, but just look out for those. He's got extra. If you think he's running out, he's not. He's storing some up there. All right? But praise God. We're looking at The Blessing of the Upright, Part 3. And who knows what our theme verse for this year is? As Proverbs 11.11, 11, now you'll, your outline says Proverbs 20.20. 20. I would like to just publicly acknowledge my bad. That's that's me. I, I made a mistake. <laughs> I don't even know how I did that. Somebody was trying to comfort me. I don't know if someone, I think it was Mike, he was like, well, maybe you were just getting confused with the year 2020. You probably didn't mean it. And I'm like, I'm going to stick with that because there's no way that I'd made that mistake. But Anyway, Proverbs eleven eleven is our theme verse for 2020, and in the King James it says, uh, it says this right here, by the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. Man, so I, I, I'm not going to let my, I'm not going to let my words be wicked, I'm not going to take my city down with my mouth. And what we really have it here in is the Message Bible, and it says it like this. It says, when right-living people bless the city, it flourishes. Evil talk turns it into a ghost town in no time. And so a big theme, a big foundation we're laying for 2020 is we are going to speak blessing over the city of barstow because people have been cursing us for too many years and we are done with that man we are going to bless this city we're going to speak the right words over it and god is going to start changing us fundamentally and you're like you really think that that's going to work oh i really think that that's going to work i know that our words will start to bring about a change and that's why every service man we close the service out speaking blessing over the place we live. Well, why does it even matter, man? I'm raising my kids here. Your grandkids live here. You work here. This is where your life is. Why would you want to curse it and bring it down? We're not doing that anymore. We speak blessing. We speak life we speak prosperity over this community and this city that we live in. And while we're doing that, we're gonna change your life too, because too many of you have been cursing your own lives with your own nasty words. Thank you, Susan, I will. Well, so many people, they're, man, stupid, uh, uh, stupid, stupid, stupid. God, I'm so fat. I can't even. uh, And people bringing them, just talking nasty about themselves all the time. Tell you what, man, we are a dysfunctional family. We put the fun in dysfunction. We are messed up. We are tore up from the floor up. We are. And listen, stop saying things like that. You're cursing yourselves. Well, why? Death and life are in the power of the tongue proverbs eighteen twenty one, and you don't realize the power that's in your word your words are so powerful that god created the heavens and the earth with words we say it all the time he didn't go and get power tools from home depot and hire the best licensed general contractor it says god said let there be light and there was light god created with his words and then he said that we are created in his image so if god creates with his words i'm going to create peace, joy, love, health in my life with my words. I am not going to curse my life, curse my children, curse my city, curse my church with my words and bring them down. There's enough people doing that already. We're putting an end to that stuff right now, aren't we? Amen. Somebody give the Lord a little bit of praise on that right there. So, a little bit of what we looked at last week, just brief review. We looked at this verse, Romans ten eight, and I'm just going to read it to you. I don't, I'm not putting it up on the screen. But the Apostle Paul said, what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. And so if you ask what I preach, I preach the word of faith. That's what I preach because it works really well for Paul. I can't argue with those type of results. When God uses you to write two-thirds of the New Testament, uses you thousands of years later, it worked great for him. I'm just going to piggyback on what Paul did. He said, I preach the word of faith that the word's got to be in your heart, and it's got to be in your mouth. It works because last week I pointed out four congregation members that have been healed of cancer by speaking the word of faith my life my dad's life miss pam's life dylan's life i just i mean this was just all off the cuff three marriages that we grabbed out of the crowd right here last week that they were on divorce court. They were, they were right there, man. And Jesus healed their marriages when they learned the message of faith and it brought them and saved those families. We looked at a Marine couple that were at their most broken hearted moment that Jesus saved them, healed them, healed their broken hearts, brought them out of mourning. And now they're on fire for God sitting in the second row at High Desert Word Center every week. Amen doing what jesus does best and when this happens what does it do it makes jesus real famous in barstow because they say man if he could use them this jesus must be something special and he is special when we submit to him amen and so we're going to look at a few things here this morning we're asking why is barstow blessed I mean, we made this video, we put it on the internet, we got, I mean, uh, I think the city of Barstow found out about it this week down there at the office, and they asked us about it, and they, they all got online and were watching it and stuff like that. So we made this video speaking these faith words over our city, but why is Barstow blessed? I'm going to tell you three reasons today why Barstow is blessed, even though there's a lot more, and the first one is this, why is it blessed? Because we can have what we say. And I say Barstow's blessed. So why can we have what we say? Well, if you've been around here super long or even a few weeks, you've probably heard these verses, but let's go there, people. Mark eleven twenty two. Who wants the Mark eleven twenty two today? Come on. I don't ever get tired of Mark eleven twenty two. And it's also up on the front walls here because we love it just so much. So Mark eleven, we're gonna start at verse twenty two. I'll give you a second to get there. Okay, you're there. Mark 11, oh wait, sorry, okay, sorry. Mark 11, verses 22 through 24, this is key, this is foundation to our lives. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. Who thinks that that's pretty good advice to just have faith in God? That's a great place to start. Verse 23, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Whatsoever he says. Jesus said, if you believe it in your heart and you don't doubt it, you will have whatsoever you say. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe, you receive them and ye shall have them. So, Jesus told us to speak words of faith over our situation. You've got a mountain in your way. Now, in our life, it's probably not a literal mountain, but some of us have faced actual mountains that are absolutely holding us back from where Jesus wants us to be. Maybe it's some kind of mountain of debt, some sort of mountain of an emotional mess, whatever it is. There's been mountains in our way. And Jesus says, man, come on. If you believe in your heart. And you say with your mouth, what is that? That sounds familiar. That sounds like Romans ten eight, where Paul said, the word of faith that I preach, that the word is in your heart and in your mouth. When we start to get the word in our hearts and out of our mouths, man, and we speak to mountains, we shall have whatsoever we say. So why is Barstow blessed? Because I believe it in my heart and I speak it with my mouth. Barstow is blessed. It's no longer the joke. It's no longer, it's no longer the place that people tease us about. It's a city that's rising. It's that shining city on the hilltop that people say, man, wow, Barstow. You know, I did a funeral I think last year for, uh, I don't know. I do a lot of funerals. I don't remember how I, – I came across – anyway, I was doing this funeral. I'm sorry I don't remember who, exactly who it was for. But this this people's daughter came up, and, and she had grown up here, and, and she – I'm talking to her, and she just starts, man, I I just hate this city so much. I, I hate it. It's such, it's, such a, it's such a heap. And, and I've, I've joined a Facebook support group called Surviv- People That Survived Barstow and made it out to tell this story. And I'm like, my God, why wow. was <laughs> Whoa, I, I'm sorry that is, you're that, but, but she's like, why, what's your story? I'm like, moved here and I love it. Uh, raising my kids here. I call it blessed. It's the best place I've ever lived in my life. Um, can't get enough of it. Uh, want to live here until I die. I mean, it's, it's my dream. My God, what's wrong? You know, I, I think I, it was bad. It was, I mean, she was really taken back by like shocked. And I've told you, man, we'll go to conferences, go to different places. And, hey, what, what so where is it you guys, Pastor? Oh, up in Barstow. Praying for you, brother. Praying for... Why are you praying for me, dude? Don't, don't. Don't feel sorry for me. I'm living the dream because I live in a mission field. I live in a place, man, where we know that we need Jesus because we weren't just born good enough. We need Jesus, and he's changed our lives. And so... Barso is blessed because we say that it's blessed. And so Jesus said we can have what we say. Now, get this. Jesus was a man of prayer. And sometimes you see Jesus, he prayed about a problem. He spent all night in prayer a lot of times. But another thing that Jesus did a whole lot of the time is a problem would arise. He would simply speak words of faith to that problem and say, no, I rebuke you, Storm. You are rebuked. Peace, be still. And he would just speak these words of faith, and it would happen, and people would be shocked. How did that happen? Why? Because he believed it in his heart, and he spoke it, and miraculous things happened all the time everywhere that Jesus went. And so you, and you may be thinking, well, yeah, that's Jesus, though. That, this is me. I, I mean, uh, who am I? Luke ten 19, let's look at a little bit of why you're special, too, why you can speak to the storms in your life and tell them that they have to be calm peace be still luke 10 19 man these are some familiar verses we go here a lot luke 10 verse 19 and this is jesus speaking not only to the 12 disciples but to a larger group of his followers and so this is jesus absolutely telling them some truth that It applies to our lives too. Are you a follower of Jesus today? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Okay, Luke 10 and verse 19 and Jesus talks to the disciples. He says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Man, I'd be excited if Jesus said, I've given you authority over 25% of what the devil does. I mean, that's pretty good right there, man. If Jesus said, I've given you authority over 50%, but he said, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. That's pretty good news right there. And so he goes on to say, you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. And so people are like, well, who do you think you are? Man, I've got the authority of the name of Jesus that I've got authority over all the power of the enemy. And so, I mean, what, what does that mean? Because so many people, they don't realize what's from the devil or what's from God. And I can, I mean, this, this is a, this is a simple question to answer if you're looking through the Bible, because sometimes, man, this happened in our lives and it was crushing, but we don't know, maybe it was just the Lord, you know, God, God sent this along to, to, to teach us something, and that's not how Jesus teaches people. He doesn't steal from you to teach you something, to teach you. No. John 1010, 10, another verse, man, we're just going with the classics today. John 1010 10 says, the thief, the devil, comes to steal kill and destroy he says i come to give life to give life more abundantly and so if there is an area of your life that has been stolen killed or destroyed you know right now that jesus did not do that to you he doesn't do that he comes to give life and life more abundantly and so if there is an area of my life that is being stolen from that is that's, that the devil's trying to Kill it and take it off from me. I know right now that's not God. And better yet, Luke 10 19, I have authority to put a stop to this in the name of Jesus. Not my name. My name's nothing. The name of Jesus. Amen. It will calm the storm and we have authority over the works of the devil. You know, I was, I was reading this, one of these books from Brother Hagan and he talked about Way back during the Great Depression, so uh, he he was a young preacher and he only had two pairs of preaching pants, two pairs of church pants. And so I mean, you know, money he didn't have money to get any more. But but somebody came in, broke into his house, and stole both pairs of his church pants. And you know, we think, well, big deal. I'll just go down to Fallis. They're like four dollars there and get some more pants. But listen, no, he didn't have Fallis. So or however you pronounce that. But so Jesus or so Kenneth Hagan he says, you know what? I refuse to be stolen from, I need those preaching pants, I need my church pants, I got to preach on Thursday, and and I I need my church clothes, and so he commanded, in the name of Jesus, I don't care who it was, I'm not mad at him, but my pants will be back by Thursday, so sure enough, Thursday, he he gets home from whatever work or whatever, goes in there, both pairs of pants are clean, ironed, and hanging on a coat hanger, he's like, there they are, I'm not even surprised, so it may sound silly, But hey, if you only had two pairs of church pants and you needed them, it wouldn't be silly to you, would it? Right? And you know, I was thinking of this story that Willie George told that he had read a copy of The Believer's Authority, one of our, you know, our our all-time favorite books back there discussing this exact topic. And he said when he was a teenager, he had borrowed his aunt's car to go to church. And while he was at church, somebody stole the car. You know, that's, pretty low to steal someone's car while they're at church but hey (laughs) the devil doesn't care so so they steal his car and he he reads he's read this book and he's like you know what i have authority over all the works of the enemy and the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy well i got stolen from i'm going to say in the name of jesus wherever they are they're stopping that car right now leaving it where it is leaving the keys there and i'm gonna i'm gonna find it it's coming back to me amen and so, they said the next day, they were driving to Dallas, they lived in Texas, and, and, and they're just driving, driving down the interstate there, and all of a sudden on this side country access road, he sees his aunt's car right there! Right there! And so he, he goes, they go over there and they open the door, the keys are laying right there, nothing's damaged, nothing's missing, and then he starts to calculate, we're about an hour and a half from home, and he does the math, he's like, this would be right about the place that they would have been at when I commanded them to pull to leave that car right there and to leave the keys in it and not hurt a thing. That's right about the place, about an hour and a half away from where they were. And so listen, this stuff ain't weird unless it don't work. But it works, man. It brought me off the bed of cancer. It, it It's healed so many people here. It works when we speak words of faith in the name of Jesus, and we believe it in our heart. So why is Barstow blessed? Because we can have what we say. And if we're speaking the word of God, we're not going to fail because Isaiah 55:11 tells me that God's word never fails. I can't fail if I'm speaking the word of God. If I'm just going to speak a bunch of stuff that I think, then, I mean, who knows? But if I'm speaking the word of God, I will not fail because God's word never fails. Why is Barstow so blessed? Well, number two, because Jesus loves Barstow. You better get that. Jesus loves you, and Jesus loves Barstow. And that may not sound like that deep of a revelation. That may not be some earth-shaking, you know, theological nugget for you. But listen, Jesus loves Barstow. He's crazy about it. Jesus loves this town that we live in. And, you know, I heard a, a quote Jesus Christ knows the worst about you. Nonetheless, he's the one who loves you the most. Because there's some people that they may not like you anymore because they know you, you know, you had a little dirt back in the day. You didn't always, you weren't always the saint that you are now, so they already decided, I don't like that guy. But listen, Jesus knows the absolute worst about us, but he loves us more than anybody else in this world. And so we, we realize, man, if you were, if you're looking for imperfection, you could find it here. And I'll tell you now, if you're looking for the perfect church, this ain't it, brother. <laughs> oh man, no. It's not perfect because I go to church here, right? And I'm not perfect. It's not perfect because you go to church here. And so if you're looking for a church just full of perfect, wonderful, all the time, never does anything wrong church, I mean, you better just go, this, we're not it. I'm not gonna lie to you we 're not perfect, but we really love each other and we really love Jesus and we're trying to do better we're trying to do better we're getting there but we're not perfect and so if, if perfection is the standard that you're shooting for because you've already achieved it assuming that if you're looking for perfection you yourself are already there right uh, then then just you're gonna have to keep going because we aren't perfect but we love Jesus a whole lot and he's saved us from a whole lot and he's doing a whole lot in our lives but I can tell you this much: if you're looking for flaws and imperfection, oh, you'll find them here. You'll find them in Barstow. You'll find them in my life. I could probably find some in your life, possibly. Uh, the, the thing is, none of us are perfect. We know that, but Jesus loves us anyway. First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one. Because when I read this verse, I'm getting ready to read to you and a couple others. It makes me really happy because. I'm so not perfect, uh, and, and, and if Jesus was looking for perfect, lovely people, then he wouldn't have been able to use me, but Jesus is able to use me, because he's not looking for perfect people. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we're going to look at verses 26 through 29, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 through 29, and so I re- love what Paul, how he, how he worded this. First Corinthians 1 verse 26, he says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Right. I mean, I can say that's that's us like not very many of us were already powerful and wise and wealthy when God called us. But look at this. Verse 27. Instead, God shows things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And He chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. I love how God does things. You know, Isaiah said it this way: that His ways are not our ways, His thoughts are not our thoughts, because they're so much higher. You know, if I was if I was gonna you know make some great thing happen, I man, get me the smartest people that exist. I mean, I want all the I want all the intellectuals. Get them all in here. Get all the wealthy donors. We're going to need them in here. Get all the, get all the most powerful guys you've got. Get them together and we'll see what we can do. And, and, and Jesus, God's like, no, man, no, forget them. They are, no, I want to, I want to confuse everybody. I want to make the people that are conceited and arrogant and think that they're all that really ashamed and look foolish when I take a bunch of no-name people and change the world with them. And so Jesus, Calls, he, he, he uses the things and the people that this world considers foolish and nobodies, and he raises them up into somebodies, and it confuses everybody else. How'd that guy do that? How did Barstow turn into that? How did that old church over there accomplish that? How'd they do it? You'll never figure it out, man, and we're not going to tell you. Listen, Jesus called us. Because we already knew we weren't righteous in our own righteousness. I'm not self-righteous. I'm righteous because Jesus Christ made me righteous by his blood. I'm not counting on my own righteousness. I'm counting on the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And verse 28 says, God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Man, those verses, I I love those that when I get to heaven, there's no way I'm going to be able to boast. Look what I did, man, to get here. I didn't. Jesus got me there, man. I'm not going to be able to get up there and brag and compete with anybody. There's no way, because the only way that I could do anything at all is through Jesus. And notice it says he chooses those things the world thinks are nothing. They're nobodies. And he uses those people. He uses those things to bring to nothing the things of this world man that is that is an incredible revelation right there and so let me show you matthew chapter 9 matthew chapter 9 but man why does this excite me to sit here and say you know hey we were nobodies till jesus came along that excites me because we're the exact type of people that jesus is looking to use We're the exact crowd that Jesus is looking to use. If you're here and you weren't born into wealth or power by your natural family, but you were adopted into the royal family, give God some praise right now. Amen. Come on. I wasn't born into it, but I got adopted into it because I was chosen to be in the family of God. Man, if you're here and people have ridiculed you and treated you as being less than what they thought you should be. This is your season. This is your year. If your life was a mess and Jesus turned it into a message, this is your year, somebody, man. It gets me excited because I know I it's not there's no weight on my shoulders to think, how are, how are we gonna make all this happen? I know there's no way I can make anything happen. I'm excited because Jesus is gonna use all of us to make something great happen. And he's going to change your life from where it's at right now if you'll start changing your words about yourself and start believing in your heart what Jesus believes about you. Your life is changing this year. And you're going to look back one year from now and say, my gosh, I didn't even realize the growth that, 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 that I've had, man. The things that used to weigh me down and scare me, they don't, uh, not anymore. The things that used to tempt me, I don't think about them anymore. Why? Because you've grown. You changed your words. So, Matthew chapter 9 verses 10 through 13. I love Jesus' backwards way of doing things. I just can't get over that. I mean, He does things the exact opposite of what the world says. And we could go into that all day long. He says give and then you'll get more. That doesn't make any sense. You know, someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other. His way, the, the Jesus' way of doing things is so reversed from this world that i mean people stumble over it but matthew chapter 9 verse 10 later matthew invited jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners but when the pharisees saw this they asked his disciples why does your teacher eat with such scum they sound like lovely people to be around don't they My gosh, bitter, table for one, you're you're ready. No, these people, they're messed up, man. Why does your teacher eat with such scum? Well, when Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go on and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. So why would, I, why would I rather live and minister and, and be in, a, in, in Barstow than Apple Pieville, you know, wherever? Because healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. And, and I'm, not, I'm not looking to hang around a bunch of perfect people. I'm looking to do what Jesus did, man, and find people that the world said, she's worthless. Nope, she's made too many mistakes. Count her out. Forget about that girl and say, no, no there's something right there, man. She's got something. She's got something on the inside of her that you're not seeing and bring healing to this young girl or, or, or or these people over here that everyone else is like, no, we know them. No, you, we know the family they came from. No, 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 no way. And say, no, these are the very ones that Jesus is going to use to rescue this family over on the other side of town. I want to do what Jesus did. He said, I'm, I'm not looking for perfect people. And and just to, just to kind of put it, you know, super modern day English, the Message Bible says this, and I know the message is kind of a little loose with the words, but I love the wording it says here. Later when Jesus was eating supper at Matthew's house with his close followers, a lot of disreputable characters came and joined them. When the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had a fit and lit into Jesus' followers. What kind of example is this from your teacher acting cozy with crooks and riffraff? Hey, we've got a few crooks and riffraff in Barcelona, don't we? Come on. Yeah. Woo! Jesus, overhearing, shot back and said, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? Go figure out what this scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite the outsiders, not coddle the insiders. And I'm like, that's Jesus right there. That excites me about what God's doing right here in 2020 because none of us that I know in here were born by our natural families as being insiders and having it all together. We're all a bunch of outsiders that Jesus called in to the inner circle and said, that's my daughter right there that's my son. And Jesus says, that's my little brother. That's my little sister. And we're going to do something great right here. Amen. It's not because I deserved it. It's because Jesus loved me so much because Jesus loves Barstow. Jesus loves me. And Jesus loves to take people like us and absolutely make other people eat their words and say, how did that happen? How did that happen? That's why i'm so excited and so man give us a group of people that know they need jesus and they don't already have it all together any day of the week give me that group over the insiders the click any day man and we will take a city do you realize the people that jesus called to be his disciples some of you do some of you don't but he didn't go out and define just the absolute well this guy's perfect let's look at his resume jesus picked guys like peter right? A blue-collar, roughneck, cussing sailor that Jesus came. Now, he didn't stay that way. Jesus refined him and turned him into something beautiful, but he was a rough dude. Jesus, remember James and John, the sons of Zebedee? These guys were roughnecks, man. They are roughnecks. They called them the sons of thunder. That sounds like a tag team in the WWE. The sons of thunder. Then you hear glass shatter, and they run in, and they're speedos, right? Oh, sorry. Whoa. My bad, my bad. All right. Going back to. So anyway, listen, Jesus picked a bunch of just rough blue collar dudes and people. Are like, There's no way. No way. No way you're going to do something with these guys. Oh, he did. He changed that area. He changed the world to this very moment in 2020. These guys changed the world. And it's not because they were the smartest or the best looking or had the most money. It's because they submitted to Jesus. And so I may not have much right now, Jesus, but you can have it all. I'll give it all to you. And then praise God, he uses people like that and makes the wise, makes the arrogant, makes the intellectuals of this world eat their own words and look like fools. Not that I'm that's not my goal in life, but it's gonna happen when all those people that put down on us for the last several decades have to drive up here and say, My God, I was wrong. This place is awesome. The glory of God is in Barstow, California. And when people see your life and see how broken you used to be, see how depressed you used to be, and they're going to say, well, I take back what I said, I was totally wrong. They're like a whole different person. They're the most joyful person I know, the happiest person I know. There's just some sort of peace about them. And it's going to confuse them and confound them. And they're going to look foolish for the things that they used to say about you. Amen. Somebody give God some praise this morning. Revenge is the Lord's. Now, I'm not always I'm not looking for revenge. But the book of Romans tells us that, hey, all those people that messed with you, I'll pay them back. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Or the New Living Translator says, I'll, I'll take revenge. Revenge is mine. And so, so many people worried about getting revenge. I don't worry about getting revenge. I pity people that want to come and mess with me and my family and with my church family. Because the sad thing is, is that I'm not going to take revenge on them. But if they don't stop, someday, there will be revenge taken. And that will be in the Lord's hands then. And that's a scary thing to fall into the hands of the living God. The book of Hebrews tells us, I don't wish that upon anybody. But I know this much, you go messing with God's kids too much, there does come a day. Uh, may not maybe not right away but there will come a day when someone that's pushing you around and will not stop they'll answer to god for it it's not a fun thing to think about but it's the truth and we are part of that family and so why is barstow so amazingly awesomely wonderfully blessed because we can have what we say because jesus loves barstow and the third thing is this Because we live here. That's reason enough right there. But listen, why is it so blessed? Because you live here. I live here. Amen. We're doing everybody else a favor right now. It's not because we're so good. Because Jesus in us is so good. And the Jesus in us, we don't keep it on the inside of us. It spreads to those around us. And you've got to remember that. I mean, I've said it, but I'll say it again. You are a member of the royal family. Some of you get that. Some of you that is, I mean, you're in the outfield and that just flew over your head and you're looking for where it went. You're a member of the royal family. Amen. Now, I've seen this stupid news all week about the royal family in England. And I'm like, my gosh, didn't we like kick their butts 200 years ago? Why do we still care? Why do we still care about what's going on with the royal family in England? Like, man, I quit caring about royal weddings in 1776. Come on, somebody. All right, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, but we did win. So at the same time, we're seeing all this, all this news. You know, oh, Megan and Harry, or whatever. You know, little Archie, they're leaving the family, and 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 everyone's so consumed about the royal family, and they're giving up their title. I'm like, man, forget their title. Forget that royal family. We've got royalty right here in Barstow. We've got royalty. We've got the sons and daughters of God living right here in this town in Barstow. Megan and Harry and whatever they can, the Duchess and the Sussex and whatever, they can move wherever they want to move to and do what they want to do. I don't care. Don't, Don't care at all. But I do care that we've got royalty right here in this room. And you know, one thing that's incredible is this world, there's such a, such a confusion and such a misconception about what greatness is. Guarantee you, you ask, ask one of our teenagers, ask one of our young people, man, would you rather have fame or would you rather, you know, be super smart and change the world that way? They're all going to say, man, I'd rather be famous. I'd rather be on YouTube, brother. I'd rather have five million. I've got kids. Man, if you've got a YouTube channel, they think that you're just, you've achieved greatness, Sarah, am i right yeah they think i mean you go out and play pranks at walmart and videotape it you are greatness and and and, and what's sad about that is listen this world doesn't know what greatness is they look at these people in hollywood and and and, and all these crazy people and like, man that is greatness right there now, they've been married 30 times and uh you know they, they're this this and that and then and then they're suicidal but my god Wow, these people right here, this is greatness because he can act really good. She can sing. She's Listen, that's not greatness. I mean, there may be some great people there that are talented and gifted, and, and that's fine. But you don't realize, and, and, what, and what this world doesn't realize is not all famous people are great, but not all great people are famous. And you, you're sitting beside somebody in church, right? There's people on your row that have achieved greatness. And they're not famous. They're not looking for attention. They're not out there posting it on the internet and trying to, trying to get followers from it. But what I, what do I consider greatness? Man, a husband and wife that love each other and they make it through every, amen. They work it out. That's greatness to me. I love that stuff. I, that's great. People that raise kids in the ways of God, those kids love mom and dad. Those kids love God. Man, that's greatness. I don't need some crazy singer to tell me, you know, uh, no. I want to be around people like this. People, you know, this guy's held the, the same job and, and loved his same wife for 40 years. That's greatness, man. That's incredible. Wow. And and so, listen, there's greatness in this room right now. You need to change your focus on what you think that greatness is and realize you're sitting in a church full of people that have achieved greatness. I want to surround, give me people like that. They may not be famous. They may not have a following, but Jesus sees them. I see them, and he's using them to influence people. That's greatness, and that's what I want in my church. That's what I want in my city. Give me a few hundred people like that in a town this size, we can flip it upside down. And so, Deuteronomy 28, I'm gonna flip to Deuteronomy 28, and this, some of you know this chapter, but this is the blessing promised to the people of Israel for obedience to God, submission to God, and obedience to Him. But the great news is, the book of Hebrews tells us that as good as these promises are, in the new covenant, we have a better covenant with even better promises. So we're gonna read these blessings, but keep in mind, this is good, but now Jesus came and offered even greater. But this is exciting. So Deuteronomy 28, we're going to look at verses 1 through 13. And uh, and man, this is, this is where it's at right here. The blessing of God. Deuteronomy chapter 28, it says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. What's this one say? Your towns. I'm not making this. You can't make this up. This is it. You can't make this up. The Bible said, if I will obey and submit to God, he'll bless my town. And your fields will be blessed. I don't have a field, but if I had one, it would be blessed. Wow. I'd have the... Blessed is field and barstow. Verse 4. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flock will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They'll attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven the Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land he is giving you. God's given me land in Barstow. God's giving you land in Barstow and he's going to bless you in that land. Verse nine, if you obey the commands of the Lord, your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. Man, I want to be his holy people. I'm going to obey him, man. I want to be in that crowd. Verse 10, then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. Do you realize that everybody's going to see that you're the people claimed by the Lord? People are going to be like, Oh, no, not them. No, leave them alone. They are claimed by the Lord. Those are God's people. We can't mess with them anymore. We are set apart. Holy means set apart. They said we'd be the holy people. And so not being mean, this is an arrogant, but there's everybody else. And then there's us. We're set apart. And it's not because we're so awesome. It's because Jesus is so awesome and chose a bunch of people like us that weren't perfect and set us apart from everybody else and said, those ones are mine. You can't you can't have them. Those ones are mine. And I'm using them to change this place. And so it says, verse 11, the Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you blessing you with many children. If you go to church here very long, you start to have many children. (laughs) I was just counting the, there's five pregnant women in the congregation at this very moment. I'm like, my gosh, wow. They're all married. They're all married. They're all married. But, but still, man, I'm like, dang, 2020 is going to be the year of growth one way or another. We'll bring them in and we'll make them ourselves, but they're going to be, amen, we're, we're growing. All right, so. So it says right here that uh, blessing with many children, numerous livestock and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. And some people are mad they got to go to work. But if I'm going to go to work, God's going to bless all the work I do. I don't know about everybody else, but he's going to bless what I'm doing. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. I don't need the world's money. God's got me. I don't have to go begging to them. I don't have to go begging to his enemies for money and for help. And to, Could you help the children of God out? We're broke. No, man, no. God's got us. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom if you're going to look for me, don't go looking at the bottom because I won't be there. I will always rise to the top because of what Jesus has done in my life. If you're looking for somebody from high desert, you know, you better look up because they rise to the top because of the blessing of God that's upon their lives every day of the week. And so, In 2020 terms, what does all of that just mean that we just said? If you'll submit to and serve God, he will bless where you live. He'll bless your kids, your money, your health, your work. He will fight for you when people come against you. And he'll make sure that you are always the best. You always rise to the top in everything that you do. Who thinks that sounds pretty good right now? Amen. Who thinks that Barstow is blessed simply because we live here? Amen. Amen. Well, if you think that Jesus is good and he's doing something in your life and that this is your breakthrough year, give the Lord some praise and stand up with us together today. Amen. Praise God. Heather, put the faith confession on the screen. This is the perfect timing. So we've got this faith confession, these words That we speak over our city every time we get together and every time we say it, we get even more excited. So say this with me. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.